When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is a global original podcast. Hi, Mel. That's JK. And this is the Don't Tell Your Mum podcast. Coming up on today's episode, we'll be talking about the pandemic with author, lawyer and one of JK's best schoolmates, Natasha Jones, plus some inequality at the gym We'll be sharing the secret to marriage, contrary to a very well-known saying, which we didn't do last week. All that and more coming up on the Don't Tell Your Mum podcast. Um, I must do a disclaimer today. I have got Luna with me today because she's she's off preschool. So she's sat in the background in the studio on the iPad wearing some Sony um, uh, noise-cancelling headphones. Aww. Yeah, She's so cute. I'm How have you managed to make such a cute kid? I'm, <laughs> I'm slightly anxious there because the Sony headphones that she's got on are about 300 quid's worth. So, and and I, she has got a snack, which is a Barney Bear, but she can't, she can't hear a thing I'm saying because they're noise-cancelling. And before anyone starts... Geared up, mate. Anyone starts complaining, they're at a decent level. All right, just so you know, I'm not blasting her out with the prodigy smack my bitch. Oh, no. <laughs> she can't hear it. me. She can't They're hear at a decent level. She's having a proper rave. She, right. she can't She's hear fun. a word we're doing. She can't hear a word we're saying. So much so, if, if there was a break, if there was a silence break right now, you'd hear her, her snorting. She's got a stinking cold. She's every second just going... Bless her. Yeah. So how's, how's your week been? Well, I'm going to start off with a little rant. All right, father therapy. Fantastic. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess. Let's get into it. (laughs) Feels like everything's father therapy nowadays. Um, No, this is my problem, right? Now, I was at the gym. I'm going to classes every day with Jen. And uh, the way it works is it's outdoors class, but you have to go in, not to sign in, and also get your equipment like a step box and a mat and like a pull-up bar and weights and whatever else you need for that day. Anyway, what the way we work is that Jen drops me off at the front desk. I'll go in, I'll sign us in and I'll get the equipment and then I'll bring it out. So I'll get her equipment and mine. Today, we were coming back and I was carrying Jen's equipment for her. And because she was going to get in the car, I was going to take the equipment back. And a lady walked past us and said to Jen, I need to get one of them. <laughs> to carry my stuff, right? Which I don't care about. I like that. I think it's nice. My problem is if I had, if I'd walked past someone's house and I saw a mum cooking dinner and I, I you said, were give that example. or whatever, or, or hoovering or yeah, whatever. Or, or and I'd said, and I said, I need to get me one of them to cook my dinner. <laughs> if I'd said that, there would have been uproar yeah. it would be front page of the newspaper head of like ceo of dad's nets a sexist bastard like, <laughs> like that's what would happen and 
and I and and I don't, it's it's not fair. And mm. this is the point. Like, if we want fair, be fair. Yeah. Or or not. And the thing is. I am quite traditional in my beliefs and my values. So I know I like, I actually quite like that she recognized I was carrying Jen's stuff for her. Jen's perfectly capable of carrying her own stuff. Don't get me wrong. But I am a gentleman and I am going to carry that for her. And I also do think that Jen should be at home cooking my dinner. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Because I've worked bloody hard. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Exactly. Do you think that, do you think it's being a gentleman though, is that sexist in this everyday world we live in? Well, no, unless you're asking a kind of militant feminist and then they might think it's like holding the door. Like if you hold a door for someone, I'm waiting for the time when someone turns around and goes, you don't hold the door for me. I can, I can do my own door. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know you can. It's just nice. It's a gesture. It's a nice gesture. <laughs> yeah. I'm like you. I will. I will. I will help anyone in any way, shape, or form. For instance, I I I, I was chatting to my neighbour Terry, and I'm going to pop round on. Is it what day is it today? Thursday. I'll pop around tomorrow just to trim a bush. Okay, so that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but that's but that's yeah. when you say help help someone any way I can. <laughs> like that's a little bit above and beyond, Jay. So that's what I'm going to do. She can't reach. I've got the tools to do it. Um, I've got you know me with my uh, my works tools. We're going to talk about works in later episodes. Um, but I've got this you know this this head trimmer which is extendable and I can reach it. And also, you know, it's heavy. This thing is heavy. She could she could buy one. She wouldn't be able to probably use it. And I like to help. And I love the fact as well that I got a text, um, a WhatsApp from her uh, this morning saying, "Look, um, the 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 actual um, bushes that you trimmed the other day, they're they're great. They don't need trimming for a while. But there is one that I want you to do when the when the leaves start to get this high. But I really don't like asking you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Seriously, I love helping. I genuinely do. Mm. And I, I I and I I'll be honest with you. I get a nice little feeling when I help someone. And I know that. They haven't had to pay for it or, you know what I mean? I, I like that yeah. and I like being a gentleman. But going back to the question that I said, you know, in this, in this current you know, day and age, yeah, there are people that see being a gentleman as sexism. Yeah. But also if you flipped it and, and you said, yeah, no worries, I'll trim your bush if you can just um, come I am a shirt. Yeah. Or can you do the ironing? Like you, you would be... That would be seen as sexist, yeah. and you know, like, well, what? There's no difference between her saying, "Can I? Can you come around and trim my bush?" Uh, from there's no difference between that and you saying, "Yeah, sure, if, if I can bring my shirts around for you to iron." Mm. Like, it's there's no difference, <laughs> but yet it is perceived as different, right? Well, I did say to her, you know, if I if I trim your, your bush, could you come round and hang that door in the living room? But she didn't seem that, she, that <laughs> she wasn't really that asked about that. Really, you know what I mean? It wasn't her thing. She didn't want to hang no. the door. You know, no. not, not, not hanging so the door is a yeah. nasty job yeah. to do. I've got a concrete shed that needs knocking down. Do you want to get the old uh, sledgehammer and give us a hand? She, not not really up for that, to be to be honest. But you know, I, I totally understand. <laughs> well, another thing as well, whilst we're on the subject today, right? So at the, at the school gates, I took Noah went to taekwondo this morning, so he went before school. So that's an early start. Don't actually don't get me started on that because I was told that it was a 7.35 start. So I got there early and it wasn't a 7.35 start. It was an eight o'clock start. So, you know, that's fine. That's fine. It's a taster. And I, you know, I was given the wrong information. I can get past that. But the other day when I dropped Noah off, there was a couple of, um, there was a mum and there was a dad from the school and I passed them. And you know me, I'm quite, I'm quite an upbeat person. I'd like to think that I'm quite sociable. I'd like to think that I'm a kind of positive sort of happy guy. Obviously I can be 
my 100% self with you, <laughs> not so much. But you know what I mean? I like to think that I give off sort of good vibes. Mm. I mean, you just keep thinking that, Jay. That's what I'm going to say. I'm, I keep telling myself, so therefore, what I think, I am. <laughs> so I was just me and Noah. Well, I think I'm really good at painting. <laughs> so that's why I do so much painting. You I shit, think, Al. I think <laughs> just I am. <laughs> and as long as you think that, that's fine. So I was walking, Sorry, I was walking to school with Noah and I just went, morning, how are we all? Are we all good? Gorgeous day. It was, it was a really, really sunny day. And the, the dad, and I know this dad, this, the dad, as I walked past them, turned around, he went, and he went, he went, oh, turn it down a bit, and then carried on walking. I was like, <laughs> you absolute mood hoover. I mean, what the <laughs> hell are you? I, I was, well, um, I'm going to throw this out there, JK. What you did was very un-British like. No. No, yeah, we, it should was. Be, we should be happy well, well, to be alive. Well, me, <laughs> you see, this is your northern roots coming out. Midlands. See, presu- I know I'm north of you, but Midlands, yeah. yeah. Well, that's still north. Yeah, I get you. It's, it's more north than Milton Keynes. Yeah, yeah. Now, he's probably southerner, and us southerners, we don't say nothing to no one unless we have to. No, that's the reason that I, my destiny was to, was to live down south. I'm a Midlands boy <laughs> through and through. I spent, what, the ma- I, sp- I spent the majority of my life up north in Hull and Manchester. Yes, you're right. And then, of course, Radio 1 called... And I and I had to come down south. And it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to do my dream job. It was that I need to teach you friggin' southerners that you're allowed to be happy. You're allowed to smile. Yeah. You're allowed to talk to each other. That's what us Whoa, human beings do. No, no we're you, sociable creatures. We're allowed no, to do you that. See- you're one of those annoying people that sits on a train during a commute and tries to talk to someone. No, 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 no. no actually, no, I don't try and talk to someone, but I will try and make them smile if they feel, if it makes them feel at ease. Don't get me wrong. They're looking at me and thinking he's a sex pest, but actually I'm just smiling <laughs> because I want you to know that you've got nothing to worry about. I'm a happy yeah, that guy. Is, that is weird. Imagine just sitting on a train looking up and there's you just going, gurning. <laughs> Right in their eyes. Hey, hey, like, you, you're right, mate. Hey, I think I think that guy opposite us is JK, and he's gurning. Is he on something? <laughs> no, I'm just smiling. That'll be, that'll be the next. That'll be next week's headline. That's this week is yeah. CEO of Dad's Net is uh, sexist bastard. <laughs> next week it'll be ex Radio One DJ JK is sex pest on train. Well, that's better than the headline that was written about me years and years ago, which was last night a DJ ate my wife. That's actually <laughs> get out of town. Did that actually happen? It's true. Yes, it's true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. See, next to next to your Radio One, uh, um, what's it called? The the disc and the plaque and the which is just to my thing. left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got my heart one that. here, and I've got my Radio One one here. Yeah. Well, you need to have that headline frame next to it. <laughs> there is another one as well, but we won't put that one there. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so we'll save that one for the Don't Tell Your Mum X rated version. Let's leave it at that. Um, right. Um, look, so this 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 brings us nicely on to to the interview. Should we go for it now? Yeah, let's do it, and then I'll save my uh, my marriage saver till the end. Okay, let's do let's do that. So um, we are. I'm, I haven't I haven't called it yet, so I hope the technology works. Oh, just so you know, I'm going to have to take you off uh, Facetime because I need Facetime to to talk to to Tash. So oh, okay, she's you're, prettier than me. Is that what you're saying? No, she only wants audio. She didn't want to do hair and makeup, so oh. <laughs> she just wants audio. <laughs> but I think I can't do it with. Yeah, yeah fine, yeah, I don't yeah. mind. So yeah, I'm going to bin you off uh, Facetime now. So. Uh, that's you gone, but you're still there, obviously. Don't don't do the practical joke <laughs> on me. I know you're there. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is a weird one for me because um, a long, long time ago, when I was at uh, um, Alton Primary School, which is uh, the primary school that I, I used to go when I stayed at my granddad's, um, I met a lovely girl called Natasha Jones. And then later on in life, I went to college with, with Tash. And then I'm obviously with friends on Facebook and stuff like that. And then I just, this one random post that came out, this was pretty much towards the tail end of lockdown. And um, she's like, all right, Jace, um, I've uh, I've written a book called The Mandemic. I'm like, Tash, are you, are you having a laugh? And she has. <laughs> and we're speaking to her now. Hi, Tash. Good morning. Good afternoon. I, lovely, lovely to catch up with you. No. Ow, this is weird for you, probably. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, do you want me to leave for a bit? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we ever dated, actually. Did we ever we never dated, did we, Tash? We did not, Jace. We did not. No. We were good I, I, friends and maybe we had friends who who um were very friendly, but we uh <laughs> not us two together. The the dating in the primary school as well never really exists. I mean, you you speak to people more when you're not dating in primary school, don't you? Can I just say that Jace used to chase me? You know, when you're really little and what boys and girls do is they chase each other. He used to chase me and no matter how I went around in circles, he would get me basically. So he was always, he was always after just uh, to get really, it was, I think it was, I think it was a kiss actually. Um, or I perceived at age five, I perceived that this boy's running after me and that's what he wants. So um, that's what little kids do, isn't it? It probably was. Well, it was either that or she had food. It was one or the other. I, I, you know, it was probably both, actually. Tash was quite hot and she had food. I mean, that's the perfect combination. I mean, where do I sign? I might start chasing you. <laughs> so then we're like, so we, we kind of lost contact after, after college. And what I do remember is that you were in Manchester when I was in Manchester. So I was working for a, a radio station there for five, five years. And then I was still kind of in Manchester when I went to London to work for Radio One. But you were in, were you, you were Cheshire, weren't you? Yeah, I went to Chester Law College. So um, we all left and sort of off we went. I went to 18. Um, to Chester, went to uni, then went to law college. And then I just never left Cheshire, really. I just crept towards sort of the Manchester end of, of Cheshire um, about 13 years ago. So we were we were then, I suppose, touching distance or chasing distance again, but we never <laughs> actually met up on home soil here, did we? No, no, no. Well, I was always in a relationship, Tash. Mind you, I suppose there are previous times where it never stopped me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you, you know, you know, we were talking about not having a confession on this episode, Jay. <laughs> early times, our early, early, early times. All right, right. Uh, so let's quickly move on to the the book that you wrote. So let, I suppose we need to get your background first. So as you said, you, you you're a lawyer, and how did you how from being you know studying at university to 2021 writing a book? How did you get to this point? What's the journey? Okay, so. Um... As an employment lawyer, every case on my desk is about two people. It's a story. And during the pandemic, we all had this sort of extra time and and I used to to garden. So I I spoke, I said the word furlough virtually every 10 minutes, which drove me mad. And then at the end of the day, I'd go out into my garden um, and I'd potter about. And I sort of pondered that the stories I'd heard over 20 years of redundancies and exits were sort of middle-aged men who were stuck in life. And I think I was listening to a podcast one evening in the garden and a statistic sort of shocked me um, that the highest suicide rate in the UK is males aged 45 to 49. 
and I sort of my mind wandered and I sort of had this moment thinking oh my word that demographic those men their files have been on my desk effectively and I began to think about sort of these men um the books about a man and the man in the book is a middle-aged man who just gets stuck in life and I don't know if you remember kids that sitcom um Victor Meldrew and he was so miserable and he said to he said, everything was I don't believe it yeah. and I sort of get how sort of um middle-aged sort of older men become really really miserable if they get utterly stuck in life and they they that they procrastinate and that grows and that grows until you just see these really miserable old men around so um I started to ponder these men who lost a lot they lost their job but I saw a pattern um these men tended to not exercise they ate rubbish and felt rubbish um they'd lost maybe things in their life whether it was parents whether it was their marriages um whether it was people in their life um so I started to sort of form a story in my mind, started jotting it down, um, told um, uh, an old sort of business colleague of mine what I was thinking, jokingly said, would you like to illustrate it? And then sort of the man came to life. So if you remember more when we were kids, that plasticine sort of little man, this man in this book came to life with my illustrator. So the the illustrations, I think, are more powerful in this book than um, the words. I can't. It's, it's a weird one to try and explain. I've, I've, I've kind of shown Al over FaceTime. You've you've sent me a copy, and there the, on the back it says thirty two things that are okay for men to do. It's really interesting, actually. You talking about how you get to a certain point where, and I think it all starts from from. And I've, I've been there. It starts from when you the wake up in the morning, where maybe like you say beforehand, the night before you've eaten, you know, not, not very well. It's maybe it's been a curry. You've had a few beers. You're not exercising. You don't tend to do much walking, taking in nature. You know, that morning you are going to wake up feeling shite. You know, that is yeah. the way it's going to be. And I think we can all sort of, you know, as well, Al and I definitely can relate to this where you just do feel a bit rubbish. And yes, you definitely start to get lost. No doubt about it. But is that, does that come, you know, does that come with a midlife crisis? I think, I think... If I can put it as simply as I'm able, and my mind probably is a simple mind, um, that I think there are great self-help books out there and there are great exercise plans. And whether it's the guy who's dresses head to toe in Lycra on a Sunday and, and, and cycles 80 miles or the person who eats self-help books, if you just take the mind or the body, I don't think you're going to get where you need to get. But if you look at your mind and your body and you do lots of little things and you encompass lots of little good habits during the day, you stand a better chance of unsticking. If you're stuck, you stand a better chance to slightly get on a different path, um, take a few steps in a different direction. So what what, what the book is, is a gentle invitation to try some new things they're small each habit is free it's not difficult to do but by looking at the mind and the body and addressing both of them not just one or the other then you stand a better chance I think of perhaps living tomorrow slightly better than maybe you're living today does that make sense it's it's interesting because what you've described is discussed every single day within the dad's net community and dad's kind of describing exactly what you've just said and I think that the number one thing that they struggle with is the solutions are so big 
in front of them or the offerings is like, oh, you need to do this 12 week course. And th- yeah. that to a dad is like, well, bloody hell, I, I can't do a 12 week course. Yeah. I can barely yeah. do 12 seconds. <laughs> so, you know, to bite size it, I think is such a, such a helpful way of framing. Look, just change one habit today, small habit to move forward. I think um, before the pandemic, if I'd said to anybody that walking for 20 minutes a day raises your endorphins for eight hours, and if you can do that walking outside in nature in silence, my, will you feel a difference? I think I probably would have got laughed at and told I was ridiculous. But I think lots of people tried in the pandemic um, when we were allowed out once a day, it suddenly became a novelty to actually go for a walk. But People make excuses, I can't join a gym, I haven't got the time, et cetera, et cetera. But setting your alarm 25 minutes earlier tomorrow morning and getting straight out of bed and going for a walk for 20 minutes, absolutely, it will start the day in such a different way. Um, And so it's available, it's there to try. And and a person, if they try it and say, to be honest, I walked for three days and I felt absolutely no difference. Well, then that's their perception. But I've seen so many people, I've done self-care programs and it's been a game changer that just 20 minutes lifting those endorphins and it moves the body, moves the mind and off you go. Then you might have a bit of motivation to try something else. So as you say, it, it the thought of the 12-week course, a big book, the thought of if you are really, really stuck, you can't face it, can you? No, absolutely not. It's too much It's too much to get your head around. There's, um, just to give you a very quick, so I've just gone to page 58 of the book, all right? And it is, we're talking about walking. <laughs> you know, look at that. And just, there is, what, one paragraph. I think it's probably about 12, what, 12 lines and just to give you what you've said here, Tash, on this on on walking, it takes just twenty minutes of walking outside to increase endorphins that lift positivity for the following eight hours. After walking, your mood, attitude, or uh, are quickly lifted. And should your berating voice resist walking alone in silence, tell it to be quiet. <laughs> it's actually there's some really really lovely stuff in here. And like Al said before, if you haven't got the time to do these twelve week courses or whatever, this is what I would like to think a simple non-patronizing, you know, pick the book up as and when, have a look through it. It's not preachy, um, but it's really, really good advice. Oh no, there's, I've just seen page 68 is alcohol. Should I skip past that? (laughs) Yes, get that one. Yeah, I think I will actually. I've just read the first couple of lines. Yeah, I'll skip that. (laughs) Um, There's loads of stuff like, you know, talking about shame, um, talking about smiling, you know, talking about self acceptance, which is a thing that I think sometimes, not just guys, but everyone in general has a really big problem with. It's interesting to say the smile one, um, because recently um, I did a, a podcast and the person said to me that actually just saying the word smile, you find yourself smiling. I am. <laughs> if you smile at somebody else, they smile back. Yeah. Smiling is contagious. I mean, let's all do it. Let's all say, right, yes, Tash. let's have a day of smiling. Tash. Just smile at everybody. Smile at yourself. Smile in the mirror. Al knows exactly what I'm going to say right now, because the bit that you didn't hear before, so he did sort of a preamble to, to us chatting to you. Al, what was I saying earlier? You were saying that sometimes your smile on a train gets 
misinterpreted as creepy sex pests. No, no, well. not that bit. But then, no, why, why are you going back to that bit? Tash doesn't need to know that. Well, she knows it. But yeah, she knows it she from knows year that. five back in nineteen seventy or whatever it was. I was Tash. I was saying to him that it was my job as actually for you and I from from the Midlands, but. At my job, when I went to work, you know, in Hull and in Manchester for those 10 years, and then I think it was my destiny not to work on the radio, but to come down to London and teach miserable people that they can smile and they can actually socialise with one another. Would you agree? I absolutely agree. And actually, I've just thought thought of, I told, now, this story, have I made this up, Jay? Um, I told my children um, a story and I used you's example of somebody who really wanted a career. And so when we were at college and you wanted to go into radio, didn't you used to practice in the mirror? Didn't you used to stand there and practice your, because obviously you, we, I remember you as a fab DJ as well, but I always tell my kids, if you're determined to do something, you will do it. And the efforts that one of my friends from college went to and look what he achieved. Did you actually (laughs) used to do that or did I make it up? I did loads of stuff. Yeah. I would have definitely practiced stuff in the mirror. I used to have, I had two record players that I, I had in the loft back back in my uh, at my house when I was, God, when I was probably early high school. I think I got into it when I was about, I think it was probably about 10, 11, 12 years old. And um, I actually borrowed a hundred pounds off a mate that I used to work with at the Shell Garage in Tembury Wells. You'll know where that is, Tash. Yeah. And um, Phil, his name was, and he, he basically lent me some money and I don't think I ever paid him back. I think I did offer, but... And yeah, so I practiced and practiced and I said to my careers officer at school, I said, I want to work on the radio and, and if you can get me some work experience there, that would be fantastic. And they came back and said, um, Jay, we got you some work experience. Fantastic. BBC Hereford and Worcester. They went, no, no, a kennels and Canem. I was like, oh, fantastic. Brilliant. So <laughs> that's their dogs. That's, yeah. So um, I actually, for three weeks, I shoveled cat and dog poo. And they gave me a free chopper bike, which was in a, a, a disused barn, which was all rusty. And that was my work experience. But I said from the start that my dream job was to work on the radio. And then my absolute dream yeah. was to do the breakfast show on Radio 1. And I did it. You know, Moyles had a couple of days off and Joel and I did that breakfast show. So, yeah, I, I managed to fulfill my dream. But, yeah, I, I, I don't even think about the work I had to do to get there. But you're right. Yeah, it was it was a slog. But ultimately, I think most people clean their teeth every morning, yes? Yeah. So if as a daily habit, when you're cleaning your teeth, you look at yourself in the mirror and smile at yourself, if you've even better if you've been for a walk, then you're this positive mindset, this when you when the world is a dark place and you feel utterly, utterly lost, then everything is just a burden and it's heavy. So the smile habit as cheesy as it may sound, the reality is if you start doing it regularly, you find yourself doing it more and we do feel better when we smile. There you go, Al. Okay, I'm smiling right now. Miserable twat. You're smiling at me, Al. <laughs> I certainly am. You've made me smile. And you guys, do you drink much water? Oh, I'm terrible no. at it. Terrible. But I know okay. I must. And you sent me a water bottle, Tash. You sent me I two. I sent you a water <laughs> bottle, Jace. Um, so the water, we don't feel like drinking it, okay? But two litres of water a day, you will have less headaches, your energy will be increased, 
your bodies will function better. Our bodies are 70% water, okay? So, so often when we feel rubbish, it's because we're dehydrated. We think we're hungry as humans, but actually we're thirsty. So if, again, it's a daily habit, if you fill up your water bottle first thing in the morning, um, and before you have your favorite coffee or your favorite tea, whatever, whatever it may be, get a water bottle down your first, a litre in the morning, a litre in the afternoon. And just do a deal with yourself that you have that your favourite drink, but only when you've drunk your water. But if you start incorporating two litres of still water, room temperature, every day, my word, what a difference. I absolutely promise you. She, Al, she's absolutely right, because I, yeah. uh, me and my wife have started drinking and using the mandemic bottles that you've given us Tash. I know I said they were for the kids, but we probably nicked them now. And uh, it, the days that I drink water, yes, I'm going to the toilet. I am, I'm peeing like a racehorse, but I am, I do, I genuinely do feel better. And you're right. The headaches, they, they don't exist at all. Can I, can I ask, I drink a lot of green tea, which is a lot of water, but obviously it's got also, caf- um, well, a bit of caffeine in it. Yeah, so I've actually, it's interesting because it's guys who ask this question, not not the ladies actually. So you need two litres, in my view, of plain water plus your green tea because you need to put, it, it runs through It runs through your body and um, it's, it sort of detoxifies. So once you're adding something to water, you're putting something else in your body and then your liver and your kidneys have to deal with that. So the two, the, the, the two liters are a minimum. Um, and all of your tea teas are on top of that. Um, Jace, did you see the P chart I sent you? So Al, I need to send you, I need to send you um, not only a water bottle, but a P chart because um, my P chart shows you that actually, really, when you go for a wee, have a look what colour it is. Um, and this chart, it's astonishing um, that from whether it looks like a pint of bitter or whether it's so clear. And what I say to my kids, until I see clear wee in the toilet, you have not drunk enough. <laughs> All right, mum. But... <laughs> so get looking at your pee, boys. Yeah. I want you this afternoon. Think of Look at your pee and think of me and say, right, Tash, this is what colour my pee is. So that'll, that'll probably help you out, basically. with uh, Your body will tell you. And when your wee is running clear, you've got a nice, clear kidneys likes clear your your whole body is clear and therefore your mind will be clearer does that make sense yeah do you, i'm just wondering do you require photographic evidence <laughs> i do please i do i have a pandemic um facebook group it is male only and sometimes the guys will they'll put me pictures up i'll say come on come on everybody want a photo and so i'll, I'll see these uh these little photos of these little samples so yes Al, i would like that please whatsapp it to me um <laughs> five o'clock tonight i'd like to inspect your pee please <laughs> general like walk past and I'll be having my phone over the toilet trying to get the perfect angle of my my wee what, what are you doing Al? <laughs> I'm just sending my piss to another lady <laughs> is this on eBay <laughs> yeah weird it's my fan Sony page what what I like about the P chart though Tash is it doubles up as a bookmark as well which is it does. very good How clever yeah How really clever. good really good um, honestly, I, I, it's fantastic. You can, I, look, I'm not a reader. I'm, I'm not the most intelligent person on the planet at all, but this is just, what, how many pages is it? Is it? 
Where is it? It's, it's less than 100 pages, and it takes less than an hour to read from cover to cover. That's a book. But my, ho- <laughs> but my hope is it's a book that you flick through, that you don't have to read the beginning, you don't have to read the end. It is a, it is a fictional story, but the middle part, the 32 Habits, um, the reviews I've had have, have absolutely warmed my heart because people have said that, that actually I'm going to use it as a reference book. Yeah. It's going to sit there and I'm just going to pick it up, put it down. Um, and so it isn't, yes, it's a book. And the reason it's a book you hold is because one of the habits is awareness around tech. I have this thing that tech and blue lights do something funny to our bodies. So if you sort of notice the difference, if you do go out for a walk in nature, how you feel, how still everything feels compared to sort of when you've had a day on lots and lots of tech. So I wanted it to be a book you held. But lots of guys say, but I don't read books. I'm not into books, really. So I had sort of that, that I suppose, that wall to it to overcome. But it's sort of, I suppose, my hope is somebody sat on a park bench, taking 10 minutes out, no tech. It's a little bit of time for themselves. And they flick through. And one page gives them a moment to reflect. And that's that's really, I suppose, the objective of the book, as opposed to you have to read it from cover to cover to understand it. It's not that sort of book. And also remember, this you started writing this in spring 2020, didn't you? I did indeed. I did. And I mean, it didn't take that long, did it, really? actually <laughs> well it, it for me the writing was the easy bit the, the 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 publication end of it and it all being typesetted and it all being set up um it was in fairness to my illustrator he has given this man as much love as i have and so every single one of those illustrations i would give him a word and then we'd had a little bit of chat about it and then he'd come back with a drawing um so i would say probably the writing bit was the easy bit um the actual sort of uh, you know the pictures of the man in his various habits um many many hours of work and and love and attention went into that really so um in 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 the journey of a book this was quite a quick one but it it felt i was ready to publish in july it finally landed on people's doorsteps in March and there was a lot of drumming on the, on the tables um, with my fingers of me because it, I'd written it. I just wanted it out there. Mm. So um, it didn't feel quick to me, but apparently in the life of a book, that's fairly quick. So And the headshot looks good at the back. Is that your... Uh... Is that your lawyer sort of uh, That's headshot? That's the official there? me. <laughs> yeah, okay. It is, isn't it? That's the official me. That's the official Tash. There it is. It's not the Tash yeah. that I know running around no. that big oak tree at Alton Primary School trying to chase you for a kiss <laughs> and food. Yep, it's definitely... Or boogieing on the dance floor, Jace. Or boogieing on the dance well, floor. Well, no, but I was usually... Uh, I'm usually behind the blooming... The DJ console. I'm not... You know, I, I come out every now and again, but usually I'm there watching you all have a good time. That's... that Best was Best place for you, Jay. Yeah, to be honest, it is. Yeah, yeah. We know <laughs> We know what happens when I get when, when I have a few. Stay away from people with your creepy smiles. Yes, I'm smiling right now. You can't see me. Uh, right, so it is. Uh, the, so it's called Mandemic. It's by my my very good friend Natasha Jones. A tale of a man who didn't like to be told what to do. What I do like at the back, Tash, is where it says basically this was a, this is a journey of passion to inspire resilience and help people, including clients, friends, and husbands of friends, to find the tools to cope with devastating events in their lives. I, I really like that end bit. If you could sum it up in like I don't know thirty seconds, why should we buy this book? Buy this book. Because if tomorrow you could make any slight improvement on today, surely it's worth a go. Be open to it. And ultimately, you will at least have 
10, 20 minutes of peace, of quietness, away from the busy world and just getting back in touch with yourself. So please buy it. Please have a look at the 32 habits and tell other people about it. We'll put a link in the podcast description. Um, It's on Amazon, isn't it? I think. It is on Amazon indeed. Where else? Um, it's on my website, so I can give you the link to that. Well, tell us, as tell us now, tell as us as now. The, So um, Effective Law is my business and Effective Perspective is where you can find about, about Mandemic, about water bottles and also gratitude journals. And that's a whole different conversation all over again. And clear urine. And clear urine and pee charts. Yes, the pee charts on there too. Oh. Tash, I think yeah. I think that's that's your unique selling point though. <laughs> well, don't need 30 seconds. You just need to tell people this is how to get clear urine. <laughs> I'm sold. This is the P chart that doubles up as a bookmark as well. Remember. Remember that. Um Al, I think we should we should mention this in the in the dad's now. I think there's some quite nice stuff that we can put in there as well. It's quite yeah, a useful. Yeah, for sure. I think it's definitely relevant. A useful tool. Uh Tash, it's been lovely to catch up with you. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Lovely to chat to you. And Al, Thanks, don't forget Tash. to send me that photo of your pee, please. I, I will endeavour to do it for you. I mean, this is this, this podcast is called... <laughs> uh, what this podcast is called is a perfect um, comeback to that, which is, Al, <laughs> don't tell your mum. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Ted, my son, he went to his grandma's and came back saying, if it's yellow, let it mellow. And he never flushes away his wee now. Oh. So. Okay. Shouldn't it be clear? Well, yellow's better well, than sure. brown. On the P chart, yellow's about in the middle. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yellow's uh, yellow, but we'd like light yellow, really. Pale yellow rather than mellow yellow. So cloudy lemonade is better than bitter. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> absolutely, Jace, gotcha. absolutely. Gotcha, or gin, <laughs> or gin is even better than <laughs> Yeah, because no, no, clear is better because it's less of a hangover. I totally agree. Absolutely. Totally agree. Uh, right, Tash, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit end call. So it's been lovely okay, chatting to you. you. Bye. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. There we have it. Um, it's a. Re- Do you know what? It's a really, really handy little book. And I, I mean, you know me. I'm not one for sort of self help and stuff like that. But flicking through this book every now and again, and I just keep it on the side where my laptop charges. No, you don't. Yeah, no, I genuinely do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I'll tell you where you need to keep it. Where? Next to the toilet. Oh yeah. It but- sounds like the per like when you're pooing. What better, like, side product than helping yourself? No, I hear you. I hear you. But the thing is... Do you know what I mean? No, you are absolutely right. It should definitely go in the toilet for reading. And just where you get 20 minutes to yourself, you know, just sort of pick yourself back up, read this, get some inspiration, sort out a walk for the next day, walk the dog, you know, clear the air, whatever it is. But for me, if it's by the laptop, right, propped up next to the laptop, I every now and again just pick it up, just have a quick look. That's what I'd... I think it's good. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna start reading it next to the toilet. Well, we've gone on for quite a bit. So, do you want to hold your um, your thing that you're going to do for next week? Yeah, I can do. It'll be three weeks running then. Will like, it be three? Will... <laughs> yeah, because I said I was going to do it last week, and then we then I didn't, and then I said I'm going to do it this week, and now I'm not. It's like people will be like, "Ow, oh, I need to know this secret to marriage." <laughs> All right, well, let's keep it for next week. Let's keep it for next week. Um, right, thank you for listening today. Uh, if you want to get involved with the podcast or the Dad's Net, how do you do that? Out. You can do it at dadsnet.com forward slash confessions or dadsnet.com forward slash podcasts or just head to dadsnet.com um, or on social media at the dadsnet or you can check out JK on at JK Jason King. Um, until next week, 